and welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this podcast, you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community. You also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights. Thanks for tuning in today. My co-host for this segment is Darren Solden. Hey, Darren. Hey, Jason. We've got a good one today. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we have a great guest with us today, um, Jake Wassenberg, uh, who is a member of our executive committee and, of course, prominent business community member and uh, agreed to be on. So we're glad to have you here. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing good. So tell us a little, a little about yourself and how you ended up in Manhattan. Well, I'm originally from Marysville, so not too far from here. So Manhattan was a little bit of a second home, kind of that place you got to go on a weekend for a K-State game or or something like that. So um, definitely familiar with the area. I uh, ended up uh, going to the other school down the road that we shall not name um, and uh, came here, moved here right after I graduated in in 97. And I've been here ever since. Well, we're going to name it just because we, if if you're going to go there, we're going to shame you with it, that you did (laughs) go to KU, right? You were. Yep. I I did. Uh, I like to tell people I couldn't get into K-State, so I had to do the next best thing and uh, go down the road. But uh, I had a great experience there. It was all good. And I I have, obviously I have no regrets there, but uh, it's a, it's something that everybody likes to razz me about. So it's, uh, it's, it's actually kind of a fun thing. And I'm the same way. I'm an Oklahoma guy and I get teased about that, but we're, but we're K-State fans now, right? That's right. A lot of purple in the, in my closet. That's right. Me too. Talk about uh, Pepsi and, and your operation, not just in Manhattan, but overall uh, within the company. Well, we are a family-owned franchise, and that's getting to be more and more rare. I uh, believe there's maybe only 60 of us left uh, the, across the country. Um, and we got started. My great-grandfather actually signed the paperwork on December 7th, 1941, the day that uh, Pearl Harbor was bombed. So we kind of have the, uh, the so-called day that will live in infamy as our, uh, as our anniversary. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm the fourth generation of my family. Uh, my dad is still very active. Um, they are uh, actually getting ready to move uh, to Manhattan here shortly. So I'll get to see a lot more of my dad around the office. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's been great. Uh, Manhattan's been good to us. Uh, it's, it's a Pepsi town, which has very little to do with me. It's more of my uh, ancestors who uh, work the business pretty hard. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's always challenging. We have the same challenges everybody else does with, with personnel and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, but it's been good. So shame on me for not knowing this, but you just passed your 80th anniversary then. Is, is my math correct? That's right. Yeah. We, and it's, it's always just kind of an awkward thing to like throw that out there on <laughs> December 7th, but yeah, it, it was 80 years uh, this year. Well, that's great. You mentioned Marysville, uh, Manhattan. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the geographic region um, that y'all cover and the, the communities you serve. Our franchise operates, I, I always compare it to a McDonald's. It's like, you know, you don't own McDonald's, you own a region where you're allowed to operate a McDonald's. So in our case, we own uh, a geography of seven counties, Washington, Marshall, Nemaha, Brown, uh, Riley, and Pottawatomie, parts of Wabunsee. Basically anything that comes in, any PepsiCo products and for some of that geography, Dr. Pepper would be in there as well. They they basically have to come through our building. So we have a facility here in Manhattan, and then we have uh, our original building in uh, Marysville. You were also involved in some other regions, though, right? I mean, you and I have talked before, another Pepsi community uh, in Lincoln, and you all do some work in Lincoln as well, correct? We, uh, we have some equity arrangements with some other uh, franchises, and that allows us to do some, some benchmarking, which is really useful. Uh, we're 
basically comparing notes uh, to kind of see how we measure up. And PepsiCo does some, they do some of that for us and they circulate some of that stuff. And we're also part of a, a co-op called Wispac, uh, which that's, I want to say that's 38 bottlers now that own that collectively and they do uh, benchmarking as well. So we can kind of see how we measure up, but that's been like the guys in Lincoln and Topeka, we work with them uh, frequently and that's a, it's a good group. They do, a, they do a nice job. So uh, it's, it's very valuable to us in terms of being able to see how we measure up. You mentioned the facility here in Manhattan. Tell us a little bit more about what makes Manhattan a great place to work, live, and ultimately raise a family. It's, it's kind of a cheesy thing to say about Manhattan, but it's it's kind of a big small town. And our sweet spot is kind of that owner-operator uh, customer. Uh, those folks can appreciate you know, uh, being able to deal kind of directly with the owner and we like dealing directly with owners and Manhattan is a good, I mean, Manhattan's got a lot of great, you know, restaurant concepts and, 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 uh, that sort of thing that allow that. Now the chain stores have, you know, they, they're a little bit different arrangement. A lot of that stuff is kind of handed down to us and we just kind of have to run the play as they like to say, or do the, the blocking and tackling. But Manhattan is like a perfect size town uh, in terms of the, you know, still that small town feel. And you, you really kind of feel like, you know, everybody and everybody knows you, which maybe is not always great all the time, but it's usually a good thing. But uh, yeah, that's, it, it's just that small town feel. Yeah. So expand on that a little bit. What's the business climate like in the community for a company like yours? I think we probably have the same issues. A lot of people do around around, uh, you know, finding help, um, that sort of thing. Uh, some of that seems, you know, knock on wood, seems to be getting a little bit better here recently. But overall, I mean, you know, Manhattan is is a fairly steady, it's kind of, it's a, you know, it's a government money town. So you're going to have a fairly, you know, the highs aren't going to be as high and the lows aren't going to be as low. It's going to be fairly smooth. Uh, and so far I would say, I mean, 2021 has been surprisingly good. Uh, we're still seeing a lot of, uh, traffic in the grocery stores that we didn't think would keep up, uh, with the COVID, uh, situation in 2020, where a lot of restaurants were closed. People were making more trips to grocery stores that has actually stayed fairly steady through 2021. So we've been pretty happy with uh, our results so far this year. But are people going back to restaurants too, or is it, or is, or is restaurants stayed below what you expected they are slightly below where we thought they would be they've come back but in the number that we laid out roughly a year ago from well from right now really we we try to kind of jump ahead and, and set some goals it is under the number we thought it would be, uh, but it has definitely come back. Uh, the surprising thing to me is the grocery business has stayed so strong. I mean, I, I think the trips are still, and I mean, some of that may be like the omni-channel pick and click, click and collect, whatever you want to call it. Some of that is probably playing into that, but the grocery numbers have been stronger than I think anybody really thought they would. Right, Jake. So what piece of advice would you have for a young professional getting into business today? i like to turn that question into what advice would you give your 22 year old self? And I don't think we have enough time for all the advice. I would go back and give my 22 year old self. I, I would tell your 18 year old self, go to K-State. <laughs> that would maybe be the first one. <laughs> but yeah, I would say do the work. You got to put in the time. Uh, you're starting at the bottom of the ladder for a reason and you need to, uh, you need to put in the time. And I tell guys that start for us uh, in the warehouse or wherever, I kind of try to give them a similar message that appreciate, you know, learning everything as you work your way up. Because when you're you're a few steps up on the ladder, the rung or whatever you want to call it, uh, the folks underneath, you'll know that, that you can do the work. You know, my dad will, you know, when I was in high school, he, he would like 
tell me it would take me four minutes too long to unload a truck. And I never really doubted it because I've seen him do it a hundred times. So I knew that like, well, I'm actually, I guess I need to speed up. And so that was kind of the end of the conversation. So I always kind of appreciated uh, that he could do everything that he was asking anybody else to do. So I've tried to, you know, learn, learn things the same way. So Jake, we have you on today to talk about uh, your role, your new role of relatively new role as an executive committee member, and then some of the thoughts that you have uh, as part of the chamber and kind of the future of where we're headed. But first, just talk about generally the chamber overall. Pepsi's been a member of the chamber for a long time. Um, why has that been important to, to you all and 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 being active in the organization? When I first moved to Manhattan, I knew like nobody. Um, and I was starting, uh, you know, riding on trucks and, and learning the, the business from the ground up, like we just talked about. And uh, I used to go to the business after hours events. And that was my first experience with the Manhattan Chamber. And I really kind of got to where I enjoyed that. And I started seeing some people and, um, uh, you know, you, you try to remember people's names and, you know, it's, it was just kind of an awkward time, but it, I, I enjoyed going to those events. And it's funny that, that, you know, looking at it now, it's, I still enjoy going to those events, but I, I would say the first thing is it was probably networking for me. And then in terms of like our history with the chamber, I mean, it's just kind of, I hate the answer of that's just what you're supposed to do, but that's maybe the best answer I have is that's just kind of what you do. It's, it's just part of the deal, but advocacy is one, uh, networking is definitely a factor. And, you know, that's, you know, we, that's how we want to be, you know, we want to be a part of the community and that's just one avenue. And obviously our, our core mission, which is growth, right? We want to grow the community, jobs, people is something that, that has a positive impact on Pepsi going forward. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing on my, my first year on exec, I will say that, I mean, I've learned a lot and uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And that's one thing I, you know, I'm kind of an Excel spreadsheet decision maker. I, and when you see that some of these services are going to cost incrementally more each year and our growth is pretty stagnant, I mean, that math gets pretty easy that it's just going to get more expensive. So growth is going to be the way that we overcome that. And I think that's going to be part of our job as a, a chamber board going forward will be, you know, part of the, the educational process so people understand that it's not just growth for growth's sake, but, you know, we, we do need to grow. And you've stepped up not only in the exec committee, but you're active with the Economic Development Committee uh, and the Greater Manhattan Economic Partnership, which is our partnership with Pottawatomie County Economic Development. So obviously the job growth is something that that you are very passionate about as well. You know, from the standpoint of, I, I mean, it, there's it's really an impressive group of people that are a part of those entities. Um, and I enjoy sitting in the room with, you know, being surrounded by people that have uh, so much more expertise in that sort of thing than I do. It has certainly been an education and I, and I say, I've really enjoyed it, but there is definitely, I mean, we've got some, we got some work to do. There, there's no doubt. So last year we convinced you, I think Matt Crocker and I twisted your arm for quite a while over a beer, uh, convinced <laughs> you to be on the executive committee. But what was the reason ultimately that you decided to accept that offer? Part of me always thinks, you know, you need to do things for your own personal growth and, you know, doing things occasionally that make you a little bit uncomfortable or maybe just a little bit out of, outside of your strike zone. For me, it, it will, I'm, I'm definitely not going to, I'm not as polished as many of the uh, incoming or the past uh, chairs. And so I've got a way to go to uh, kind of grow into the job. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it will be a little bit of a, a challenge. And like I said, it's a little bit outside of my comfort zone, but um 
I, my first year on exec, I mean, I could tell you I made the right decision because I've really, I've really enjoyed it. And we've enjoyed having you. I guess most people may not know, but part of joining the executive committee means you're basically saying, I'm agreeing to be the chair and you will be the chair in 2024, assuming. Uh, if you, unless you change your mind. So, uh, yeah. We're not going to change our <laughs> minds. So and you're not allowed to change yours. So a lot of people come into that chair position with thoughts and ideas about what they want to accomplish. So we've, we've talked with Wayne Sloan before and one of his big initiatives when he became chair is he wanted to uh, revamp the young professional group. And we've had others who, who have had uh, similar thoughts when they became chair. Have you thought at all about that? Or is that something you're, you're still evaluating or do, or do you have something very specific you want to try to get done? I wouldn't say right now I've got anything that is, you know, a number one on the list. I, I think there are, a, there are a handful of things that um, that are out there. I mean, 2024 could be a really interesting year. Sitting here in almost 2022, I guess I would say that uh, I kind of have a few ideas on where we might want to go. But as of today, I don't think I have any major headlines or anything like that. So. You're at, what's your elevator pitch to somebody who comes up to you and says, Jake, why should I be in the chamber? Well, I, I would say the easy one's networking. And that's, and especially if you're new to town, that's, I mean, that's a slam dunk. It's too easy. I mean, I, th that's the easiest possible thing you can do when you're new to town as a, especially as a small business or a business owner, even if you're not, I mean, it's a, it's an easy networking opportunity that would, that's really, that's number one by far and away. And then after that, I think the advocacy issues and some of that, and like some of the things, the educational pieces would be valuable to a lot of small businesses. Well, Jake, we appreciate you being on with us today and we appreciate your leadership within the organization. And we look forward to 2024 when uh, you will get to stand up in front of the, here of before the, you know uh, it. Of the yeah. chamber and talk about your, your agenda for the year. And, and, uh, but we, all the things you do for us and, and all the groups that you, you help lead, um, we thank you for that. And we thank you for being on the show with us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Jake. The Think MHK podcast is brought to you by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Don't forget to subscribe and like the Think MHK podcast on your preferred podcast provider, and you will never risk missing an episode. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. To find out more about today's topic or other chamber activities, please go to manhattan.org. And now back to today's show. Welcome back to the Think MHK podcast from the Ad Astrocast Studios. For this segment is Darren Solden. Hey, Darren. Hey, Jason. It's great to be here. Uh, our guest for uh, today's business spotlight is Neil Horton with Bear Construction. Hey, Neil. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here today. Um, talk a little bit about yourself and how did you end up in Manhattan? About myself, I'm I'm uh, I'm married. Have four children. Been married for forty two years to my wife Janet. And um, four children here in town. All my kids live in the area and I have five grandkids. So that kind of runs down the family. I came to Manhattan in 1983 for a job like like many people wind up in Manhattan. I'd known Burke Beyer prior to coming to work for him. I'd worked with him on a couple of uh, projects as um, I was a, a land surveyor for a consulting engineering firm in Topeka. And I uh, got acquainted with Burke on different projects and um, gave me a call one evening and said, would you be interested in, in maybe um, jumping to the other side of fence and getting in on the construction side of it versus the engineering? And so we, uh, we met, talked a couple times and uh, offered me a job and I accepted it. So that was in 1983. 
So you've been here for quite a while. Quite a while. Most of your adult life. Then. A good portion of it. Yeah. So first of all, my compliments on when you described yourself, the first thing you said was you were married. So I'm sure your wife will, will greatly appreciate that that's the first thing that you Yeah, she about. would agree that I'm very married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, you moved here to go to work for Buyer Construction. So talk a little bit about Buyer and what's your role with the company? Um, I'm the I'm the vice president and CEO at at Buyer. Um, Buyer is a heavy civil uh, construction company and and we're engaged in um, earthwork operations and in, in uh, heavy utility line construction, asphalt and concrete paving and um, aggregate production. We have about six quarries scattered through north central Kansas. And um, so that's what we do. Uh, my role there is Chief executive officer also, so I kind of do all the back office administration things. Um, my my biggest role there is I, I bid the work. So uh, that keeps me pretty busy. Talk about some of the projects that you've worked on and what, where do we see buyer construction work? Um, well, mostly in a, we, most of our work is in a 45 mile radius of Manhattan. Uh, we stay very busy within that uh, territory, so we don't feel the need to travel much outside of that. You would see us working on uh, on subdivision projects where they're building uh, new streets and roads and and utilities for housing subdivisions. Uh, we work on uh, city street projects. We're just finished up the West Kimball Avenue project. In fact, they're probably opening it up this afternoon. That'll be uh, opened up. And then we just close the east end of Kimball Avenue, much to the chagrin probably of most of your listeners. Uh, because it's really created a, a bottleneck for traffic. But uh, we do things like that. Over the years, some of the projects, the memorable ones, have been uh, we were pretty involved in the um, rehabilitation of Tuttle Creek Dam about 10 years ago. Did a lot of work out there to help with that. Worked on a lot of projects at K-State. Uh, was involved in the original construction of Bramlage Coliseum and geez, Throckmorton Hall and King Hall and... <laughs> A lot of so so there are a lot there are a lot of buyers fingerprints all over Manhattan. Yeah, I'd say we have uh, pretty well put our stamp on it. And and some of the quarrying work that you do, what what are you quarrying? Uh, we quarry uh, two or three different limestone ledges in the area, and most of that is construction aggregates, uh, uh, materials that are used in the production of concrete and asphalt, road surfacing materials. And then the um, the heavy riprap type stuff that you see for stream bank protection. So last February, you were recognized as our citizen of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little bit different this year. A lot of times we surprise those recipients at the banquet. But because of the restrictions on the amount of people that we could have this year, we, we needed to make sure we told the people and and got them to the event. So what was your first reaction when you found out from our staff that you'd won? Well, it was the same kind of a surprise. It was just in my office instead of uh, at the banquet. Um, I remember Sharla uh, Messenheimer had uh, given me a call a week or two ahead of time and set up an appointment, said she just wanted to stop by and visit. I didn't really know what it was about. And then uh, when the appointment came about, it was more than just Sharla. There were several other people with her and the camera and everything else. So I kind of knew something was up. And then the... We went back into our conference room where we had a little space to spread out and talk, and, and uh, they they told me I had won the Citizen of the Year award. I was thoroughly shocked. I you know I don't think anybody's ever ready for something like that. So, yeah, well, it was, it was it was certainly well deserved, and, and of course, 
lot people who have been in our conference room know we have the list of award yeah. winners on the wall. I'm sure you've seen that list over the years. So what did it mean to you and your family that your name was going to be added to that list of distinguished winners? Yeah, well, you're right about distinguished people. I, I have seen the list and, you know, those those names on that list are, are, are certainly people that have put their mark on Manhattan. So I've, I was very honored to be included on that. And having a little notice of the, uh, you know, of winning the award, I was able to invite uh, my kids and, and their spouses to the banquet event. And I, that was, I was really pleased to be able to do that, you know, as I was recollecting and, and, you know, thinking about why I got so involved in community stuff, you know, it was really, it's really for your family. You know, I, when, once my kids, uh, kind of made the decision to settle down here, you know, that really kind of, kind of locked me in on wanting to make sure I was doing something that was going to benefit them and, and grandkids and whatever, you know, I mean, we all should try and leave it a little better than we found it. So. You mentioned Neil, that, uh, the, the story about Burke Beyer hiring you, obviously Burke is a, a former citizen of the year award winner back yeah. about, about 16, 18 years ago. That's gotta be pretty special to, yeah. to, to see that, see that, uh, progression over the years. He, he was a great mentor, a great guy. And, and, uh, he was, uh, certainly someone who, uh, who taught me a lot, taught me just about everything about business that I know. So I, I was, yeah, I was, uh, Glad to be able to join him there. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So switching gears a little bit, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Manhattan and the community. Um, in, in your view, why is this such a good place for business? And and obviously we talk about buyer, family-owned business, uh, a great place for entrepreneurs and, and growing businesses. I think that's just the climate. The environment, you know, is just very friendly, conducive, welcoming. You know, I think um, everybody um, it has got a homey feel to it. I, it's... It's uh, got, you know, a lot of um, amenities of a larger town, but not many of those problems that you get with a larger town. It's uh, so those things make it really easy to get a start, I think. And uh, obviously there's there's plenty of help from the chamber, you know, for for people who are trying to get a start like that. The the university, uh, you know, has a willing and and able workforce there for people who are trying to get a start. So I, I really think there's just lots of opportunities here that maybe don't present themselves in in other towns of similar sizes. Think about living here in Manhattan. You obviously employ a lot of folks in the region. What what makes this this uh, such a special place to live? Uh, well, some of those same things. You know, it's uh, there's a great parks system. You know, the quality of life is really good for the size of town. I think is is the thing when you just think about everything that's available to you: recreation, entertainment, um, you know, restaurant shopping. You know, we've really worked pretty hard over the last ten or fifteen years to try and improve those things, and I think it's you know done a fairly good job with it. So it. It's just a, a real comfortable place to uh, to to live. You mentioned the chamber's role in the community. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role with the chamber? You've been chamber board chair. You've obviously served on the executive committee. Uh, talk a little bit more about being engaged with the chamber and why that's been so important to you. Actually, I'm going to go back to Burke. Burke encouraged me to uh, when when I had been with the company a few years and kind of looked like I was on the path towards management. He, he encouraged me to get involved, you know, with some community initiatives and and uh, so I was asked to uh, to join the chamber and uh, and the well, committee got started and kind of uh, I don't know just kind of felt like I was. Uh, doing something meaningful. And so it just grew, you know, responsibilities grew and, and uh, you just kind of work your way into more of that. Uh, so 
I really have enjoyed the chamber. I think they do great things and, and they've been involved. I've seen them get involved in things that, that really made a difference, you know, with their efforts. And so it, it seemed like a worthwhile endeavor to, to stay engaged. And of course, we uh, joke sometimes with our volunteers that who say that the best title for a volunteer at the chamber is past chair <laughs> uh, because all the work's out of the way and you get to enjoy the fruits of some of some of your labor. You've kind of gone the opposite way and you've stayed really engaged uh, in the chamber, including being on the business advocacy committee and the economic development committee. Why is staying engaged so important to you, especially on those two groups? Yeah, I have stayed engaged. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like there was more work to be done. You know, there was still something that needed to be done. And and uh, they were asking me to get involved in things that I felt like I could make a, a good contribution towards. So, um, you know, I've kind of tried to narrow what I'm working on to something that fits my skill set. So um, I've just uh, stayed engaged with those things. Well, I know it's important to both those committees to have your leadership and expertise uh, at, at the table. So we appreciate that. If you had one piece of advice for a young professional like you in 1983, who's <laughs> breaking into Manhattan, the business community, what would that be? I would say to to get involved in, in some kind of a community initiative, you know, put yourself out there, start start meeting people and and find something that you're passionate about and and get involved in that and just you know work it you know just uh learn how to contribute something you know the community particularly to local businesses the community really gives them all of their all of their effort all all of their revenue is from the local business and you have to give something back. I just feel like you you owe it to the community to give something back. And so I think you need to get engaged and, and find something that you're passionate about and, and uh, just pursue that. Well, we appreciate the fact that you've done that. The hard questions are over. Maybe those are the easy questions. We're yeah. never sure. Some people look at it two different ways, but we ask all of our business spotlight people to take 10 rapid fire questions. <laughs> yeah. And so Darren is going to give you your rapid fire questions today. So are you think you're ready for that? Well, I think so. Okay. All right, Darren, oh. once you, you get us started. All right, Neil, put, put the seatbelt on and here we go. Okay. First off, something people often find surprising about you. A lot of people are surprised to know that I did not attend college. That is one. I did not know that. What are you currently reading or a favorite book? Uh, my favorite book is Undaunted Courage uh, by Stephen Ambrose. It's a story of the Lewis and Clark expedition. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yep. What are three things you can't live without? I can't live without a morning shower and that first cup of coffee and then um, leisure time with my wife. That's good. We, I can't. We, we appreciate the fact that you take that first shower. Yeah, I, I knew that that's, most folks would would be uh, happy about that. That's a that's a good one. I can't live without my third cup of coffee, but just because it means I've gotten my first and second one out of the way. So, <laughs> all right, moving on. What is your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Yeah. What's something you'd like to try but haven't had the opportunity? I'd like to uh, try a hot air balloon ride. I've never done that. It seems cool. It's interesting. You're not the first one 
to answer these rapid fire questions. Who said that? So, really? yeah, we should maybe maybe that should be a chamber project. We should bring maybe in there's a, a maybe there's an opportunity and, for some entrepreneur out there to start a little do balloon some new project. That, that might be pretty cool. Yeah. So, Darren, get on that. I'm I'm terrified of those, so Topeka, I will not. Topeka be has a nice balloon rally, and that's and I've been to that a couple of times. It's it's just pretty cool to yeah. see them all take off at once. Yeah, I've seen them down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yep. It's an incredible thing, and I, you will never catch me inside of one of those. <laughs> all right, so heading back there to the uh well to the 80s or maybe even even before what advice would you give the 19 year old you well that's before the 80s that's for (laughs) sure um i would tell myself to slow down and just enjoy every day for what it is good advice what is something you always travel with uh two things actually a book and uh noise canceling headphones (laughs) those might go hand in hand what is your favorite snack peanut m&ms how about your first and favorite concert my first concert was Bob Seger and Ted Nugent, 1974 at Kansas City Municipal Auditorium. Was Dave Lewis there? No. I, well, no, if he, he was, no. if he was, he had longer hair. I, I, you know. I did have longer hair. It's like 1974. <laughs> and probably not as gray. Higher heels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some bell bottoms on, maybe. My favorite concert, I saw the Eagles and Chris Stapleton in Arlington, Texas in 2018. That had to be the most fantastic concert I was ever at. Really good show. Very nice. Very nice. All right. And that's gotten us through nine questions. So our 10th, texting or talking? Talking. I'm too old to text. (laughs) Well, Neil, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for everything you've done for the chamber. Sure. And continue to do for the chamber. We appreciate you. And and of course, Byer Construction. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.